on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's the other guy on the other podcast, John Hoke here, seated across the table from Stacy, and live and direct from exotic Valdosta, Georgia. Hello, Diana. Hello, hello. So, uh, what's been happening down there? Uh, well, you know, it's been an exciting week in law enforcement. It's been a, a sorry, um, I, I will not step on Stacy's toes. He will proceed to tell go me ahead. about the whole. No, go ahead. Go well, ahead. either that um, or he'll blo- either that or he'll blog about it at theothermccain.com. Yeah, and I'd like him to do that. But uh, actually, I think it would do it would do my little town a lot of good to kind of hear about uh, hear about our our crime our crime issues. Um, we've had for some reason we've had a bad week for convenience stores. Um, people keep getting um, shot up, shot or arrested in them, and it's really kind of getting silly. Well, you know, uh, when I was in Southern California, the uh, <laughs> cops used to refer to the uh, convenience stores not as 7-Elevens, but as 211, which is the yeah. California penal code for an armed robbery. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, yeah, there was a kid I grew up with who, uh, summer after uh, graduating high school, took a job at a Circle K. And uh, his second day on the job, he got robbed. <laughs> Well, you can find my good friend John Hoag's blogging at hogwash.com. And as he mentioned, you I blog at theothermccain.com. And uh, uh, this is um, uh, the second week of actually the first official week of the college football season. But in week zero, we had a very important game. Vanderbilt played Hawaii <laughs> at Hawaii. One. And- Yes, not only did we win, but it was 63 to 10. I can't remember any time Vanderbilt scored 63 points in a football game. You know, yeah, that's but, usually a basketball score for Vanderbilt. Actually, <laughs> it's a low basket. Uh, this is that's a that's a I third know. quarter score for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt I know. does pretty well at Vanderbilt. Uh, it's a uh, basketball, uh, but uh, <laughs> it was, so that just tells you how bad. Hawaii's uh, program has got to be if they lose now, now. like that to Vanderbilt on the home turf. Meanwhile, now, John. Meanwhile, uh, the Vanderbilt's uh, just about, it's just getting started against Elon University, which is a uh, small liberal arts school in um, North Carolina. Well, Vanderbilt's a small liberal arts school in Tennessee. But... No, actually, it's uh, it's pretty good size now. But uh, yes, uh, we are one of the smaller schools in the. Uh, SEC and the only private school with the guts to play SEC ball. Well, mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, let me give you your college football scoreboard. Uh, in the uh, fourth quarter, with about five minutes to go, 
Arkansas, ranked number 19th, leads number 23, Cincinnati, 31 to 24. Uh, let's see. Houston, ranked number 24, uh, hmm. is is tied going into overtime against uh, the University of Texas, San Antonio. Uh, let's see here. Number 21, Old Miss, leads Troy uh, 28 to 10, also in the fourth quarter. In the first quarter, uh, number 25 ranked BYU is leading South Florida 21 to 0. Number 14, uh, University of Southern California uh, leads Rice uh, 14 to 7 in the second quarter. Uh, number 10, Baylor. Uh, is now scoreless with Albany, and and it's also scoreless in Madison, Wisconsin, where my son is uh, uh, starting law school this week. Uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, the Badgers are scoreless against uh, Illinois State. We don't need, but we don't need no sneaking Badgers. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Badgers, <laughs> I was I was looking at their football uh, schedule this week, and I and I noticed that their quarterback is named Chase Wolf. Chase oh, Wolf. honestly, yeah, yeah. That's Parental the units, ul- what were you thinking? Chase Wolf, the ultra ultra Chad name, man. That's a, that's a very masculine name. Anyways, uh, no. uh, Kentucky and Miami scoreless. And let's see, earlier today, uh, let's get to the earlier games today. Yeah, uh, Georgia, uh, ranked number three. Yeah, the Bulldogs. Uh, I'm supposed uh, to say, am I am I supposed to say go dogs now? Yeah, Since go hairy dogs. Yeah, go hairy dogs. Hunker okay. down. Uh, but anyways, yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Georgia stalked number eleven Oregon, uh, forty nine to three. Uh, <laughs> number sixteenth ranked Miami, uh, seventy to thirteen over Bethune Cookman. I didn't even know Bethune Cookman. Bethune Cookman. It's a, a, a historically black college uh in florida uh but they beat them 70 to 13 um texas a&m ranked number six 31 to nothing over sam houston state university uh number eight michigan 51 to 7 over colorado state number nine oklahoma 45 to 13 over university of texas el paso and uh, whoo, has anybody heard of defense? Yeah, uh, well, happen. number 13, North Carolina State just barely beat uh, East Carolina 21 to nothing, and that brings you up to date on the world of college football. But Alabama kicks off in about uh, 20 minutes against uh. <laughs> Utah State, and that's going. That's that's liable to be pretty ugly. Yes. Well, meanwhile, we've got a couple of other breaking posts that are at the top of our blogs, and I want to hit them really quickly. Uh, although we'll probably refer back to one of them a little bit later in the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. But the fir- the first one's the uh, one at the top of my blog. The Artemis One launch attempt was scrubbed today again. Um, well, and they've they've given up on trying to launch uh, on uh, 
Labor Day, uh, which was the uh, that closes the launch window uh, that's open now. And whether they uh -huh. can go later in September or October, they're not sure yet because um, there was a leak uh, in a hydrogen line. And yeah. uh, it doesn't look like you're going to be able to fix it. And they launch the pad may actually be uh, needed by uh, Space Force. SpaceX. The, they, no, Space Force. Oh, uh, who uh, runs the runs the uh, space flight center down there? What uh, it would probably be for a SpaceX launch, uh, although yeah. SpaceX, SpaceX can launch out of another pad as well as uh, that one. True. But here, here's here's the so they may have to go back to the vertical assembly building. I'm sorry, I'm betting that Artemis One does not launch. This is getting to look. This is looking very bad. Well, here's the problem. Um, mm. Congress uh, basically ordered NASA to use the same RS-25 uh, engine design that was used on the shuttle. And the reason, yeah. the, well, that was, there was a reason why 50 years ago they chose mm -hmm. that design. Uh, when you, most rockets burn liquid oxygen for an mm -hmm. oxidizer and what's actually burnt as a propellant is mm -hmm. RP-1, which is very pure kerosene. Now, yes, it is. When you burn kerosene, you get carbon soot, and it carbonizes the inside of the rocket motor. And mm -hmm. SpaceX is using RP-1 for Falcon and Falcon Heavy. And one of the problems they have about uh, spinning the uh, vehicles for launch is cleaning mm -hmm. the carbon out of the rocket uh, motors. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, using hydrogen, there's no carbon if you run hydrogen as a fuel. So that was the reason why it was reused for a reusable vehicle like a shuttle. The yeah. problem is mm -hmm. in order to liquefy the hydrogen so you can use it, you have to take it down to 20 degrees below absolute zero. Well, that's, right. Now that's, that's Kelvin. The, uh, we're talking um, Kelvin, which is ugly when you're trying to do that. That's a power well, suck of unbelievable proportions. And it's, well, it's, four, minus, it's minus 423 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. Now yes. the liquid oxygen uh, that you're using in either case is, is, is at about 90 Kelvin. Uh, and mm -hmm. the, uh, and the replacement for RP1 that SpaceX is using is methane, which mm -hmm. actually is is kept at about 110 degrees uh, Kelvin. So it's yep. actually even warmer than the liquid oxygen. Now the problem yep. is, you have positively to, uh, balmy. The problem is, is that in order to launch the rocket, you have to precondition uh, the thing so you don't have a big thermal shock when all that cold mm -hmm. stuff hits hits the metal. So they leak Correct. a little. They they leak a little bit of liquid oxygen into the thing and that cools things down a bit. Uh, and then they can light the rocket. Well, liquid oxygen isn't going to get cold enough for liquid hydrogen. So that's the reason why nope. they're pumping liquid hydrogen before launch. And that's the problem is the leaky seals. Think about how much thermal expansion and contraction you have on a seal that has been sitting out in the sunlight, getting real warm. And then you try to put uh -huh. something at minus 423 degrees on it. And so, hydrogen yeah. is slippery anyway, as anybody who did science, who does science fiction knows, because we it, use it as a, it's a MacGuffin. Well, it, it yeah, well, and it, it, it is, it's not as super fluid as liquid helium. Mm -hmm. And I'm used to dealing with liquid oh, yeah, helium but, on some of my uh, work at NASA. That's like four yeah. degrees Kelvin. But, uh, uh, well, it's, but it, the thing it, is, is that. Are we geeking not, out on you, Stacy? 
Diana is right, though. It is entirely possible that they won't be able to make this thing work. I don't think they're going to make it work. I think it's I think this is a disaster. Now, can we go to the fun stuff? (laughs) Well, yeah, let's let's spend a a brief time talking about grifters. Uh, The headline is grifters going to grift lawsuit Mm -hmm. accuses BML, a BLM BLM leader. BLM leader of swindling $10 million. Um, The leader of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation has been accused by former colleagues of stealing more than $10 million in donations from the organization for personal use, according to a lawsuit filed in court this week. Shalomya so Shalomya Bowers, Bowers. Was, yeah, was was called in the court filing as a rogue administrator, a middleman turned usurper who siphoned contributions to the nonprofit activist group to use as a quote unquote personal piggy bank. Um, he just Bowers, did it better than the rest. Yeah. Well, um, sorry. Um. Quote, while BLM leaders and movement workers were on the street risking their lives, Mr. Bowers remained in his cushy offices devising a scheme of fraud and misrepresentation to break the implied, in fact, contract between donors and BLM. Um, uh, But in response, the uh, board of directors, of which uh, Bowers is one of three (laughs) members, um, Bowers and his group denied all claims of financial misconduct and chastised those suing him for, quote, falling victim to the carceral logic and social violence that fuels the legal system in taking legal action against him, quote, they would rather take the same steps of our white oppressors and utilize the criminal legal system, which is propped up by white supremacy, the same system that they won't say they want to dismantle, to solve movement disputes. Um, uh-huh. But... Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but this is, uh, there are no good people in this lawsuit. I just want you to know. Well, they're not, but you know what? I'll believe that it's really being dealt with properly when I hear about the IRS audit. Right, There isn't going to be one. You know there isn't. As I pointed out, the IRS and the, the, why are they having to to file a lawsuit? If if this guy literally stole $10 million. It's a civil suit. It's a civil but, suit. Yes, but yes, but it, it, it deals with taxes that didn't get paid as well. And you can get between 10 and 30% of what the government recovers if uh, you're uh-huh. the whistleblower to the IRS. Hint, hint, hint. So, yeah. But the IRS is not going to go after this one, I'll bet you. No. Oh, no, no. It's just, hands it, off. It, no, it doesn't, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't fit the narrative. Speaking of the narrative. At all. And, and speaking of methane. Well, I was just uh, talking about methane. Uh, how did the Greens heat their houses before wood stoves? And uh, they, oh, it's fun to cook with buffalo chips. Pick one yeah, that's just newborn. <laughs> yes, well, they have. They don't have quite so many bison in most of Europe, although there's still a few. You can uh, use in, cow. Sh- 
you could use cow poop. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but, but there are a few left in, in uh, Poland and Ukraine, but not very many. Mm. Anyway, uh, citing maintenance problems, and that's in scare quotes. Uh, <sighs> Gazprom, the Russian state-controlled uh, uh, gas uh, utility, uh, has announced that they are having maintenance issues with the pumping equipment, so they have shut down the uh, Nord Stream One pipeline, uh, which means that it's going to be real cold in Europe this winter. Yep. Uh, so, so, you know, that's just tough luck for, for those folks. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. speaking of uh, things that have happened, uh, let's come back on shore. Uh, in the vicinity <laughs> of a warm, sunny state like Florida and things that have happened there, and it turns out, I had a post uh, on the bus or under it. It seems the FBI yeah. special agent who uh, was running a whole bunch of uh, interesting in, uh, investigations uh, old, since the in, uh, end years of the Obama administration has recently um, retired. Uh, he has resigned. Uh-huh. So, and, 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 and apparently... That uh, the reason he one of the reasons he was retired is he had fallen out of favor with uh, uh, the director of the FBI, uh, Christopher uh. Ray, and the Attorney General because apparently he had not been informing them of the political implications of of, of, of certain warrants that they had signed off on. Uh, uh. Show of ha- show of hands among the listeners, how many of you think? Uh, that uh, Merrick uh, Garland and Christopher Ray would be unaware of the political possible political consequences of uh, searching a former president's residence. <laughs> right, right. I'm yeah, not well, seeing me, any hands. Yeah, here. I was just going to say, me, me. I was just going to say, me. Yeah, Hello, Ginger. Ginger, even Ginger isn't buying it. So, but, ginger you know, does. Uh, ginger wants her her objections to how silly this is to be registered. I jumped on that. I jumped on that story fairly early as it was breaking, uh, and mm-hmm. then Stacy uh, went after it uh, 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 with a little bit more depth. Yeah, um, a top FBI agent at the Washington field office reportedly resigned from his post last week, and this was two weeks ago, mm-hmm. after facing intense scrutiny over allegations, he helped shield Hunter Biden from criminal investigations. Uh, Timothy Tebow, uh, an FBI special assistant age in charge, assistant special agent in charge, was allegedly forced out after he was accused of political bias in his handling of probes involving Hunter, uh, President Biden's son. Some, um, but he just wasn't at, didn't keep it under enough cover, evidently. Yeah, a 25-year veteran, uh, Tebow had already been on leave for a month after the top Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Chuck Grassley, started raising concerns about whistleblower claims that the mm-hmm. FBI had instructed obstructed its own investigations into the first son. In a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray in July, Grassley said Tebow and FBI Supervisory Intelligent Analyst Brian Auten 
were allegedly involved in a scheme to undermine derogatory information connected to <sighs> Hunter Biden by falsely suggesting it was disinformation. Yeah. Um, and and so um, uh, FBI Director uh, Christopher Ray, when being questioned uh, earlier uh, last month, uh, said that these uh, allegations of political bias at the FBI were deeply troubling. Deeply ah. troubling. Well, said. yeah, the stuff's getting out. That would bother him. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. as I said, I exactly when did it become deeply troubling, Mr. Ray? Was it shortly before, uh, shortly after Republican senators started asking questions about it in public hearings? Because my hunch is... You were okay with it as long as you were getting away with it. But after Grassley found out about it, then it became deeply troubling. And I recommended mm-hmm. to my readers a, a uh, story earlier this year by Paul Sperry at Real Clear Investigations. Uh, the headline is FBI unit leading Mar-a-Lago probe earlier ran discredited Trump Russia investigation. It's all the same, same people doing this. Okay, if you go back mm-hmm. to Russia Gate, the whole collusion mm-hmm. hoax and all that, the Steele dossier. So I'm going to get ahead of the news cycle here and declare Timothy Tebow did not commit suicide. Suicide. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> you know, he he's he's not the first person they've had to throw under the bus. Uh, uh, Strike and Page had to go. Uh, so, you know, nothing's happened to either of them. Seriously. Yes. It, well, I, they, they're only making, uh, 80% of their, uh, uh salaries. Now, uh, oh, be still and, and, my beating heart. Yeah. Well, you know, they were, they were, they were probably at GAS 15 pay level. So they're having mm-hmm. probably to get by on a hundred K a year apiece. Yeah. Oh, but that's such a, such a, so hard. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, there there are other interesting things that have happened. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, before we get into the main body of this next stream, um, I want to talk about the the, the, well, the president has had some difficulty uh, (sighs) making cogent remarks, especially whenever he goes to Pennsylvania this week. Fortunately, he is uh, not in Pennsylvania for the Labor Day weekend. He's gone to Camp David. But um, the uh, in earlier this week, I guess in Pittsburgh, he was giving um, a, uh, a a speech about gun violence. Good heavenly uh, day, yeah. Please and hit that. He, <laughs> he, 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 he was quoted as saying, do you realize the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as the bullet shot out of any other gun? It really? Doesn't. I have well, two. <laughs> well, my my I have a I have I have more rifles than I care to describe yes. right now. But uh, one of my rifles is chambered in a uh, 17 Remington. Okay. Good heavens! And I I picked that I picked that caliber because it. Um, it is a very safe caliber to use in, in almost built up, you know, quasi rural mm-hmm. areas for hunting things like groundhogs. Oh. Uh, and I, I had 
friends who had those as pests and they wanted me to deal with them. And so I, I got a 17 Remington. Now it fires a very light, like a 25 grain bullet at a mm -hmm. muzzle velocity of about 4,000 feet per second, a little over 4,000 feet per second. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. Now I have an AR-15. Now, unlike most AR-15s, mine is chambered in 7.62 by 39 mm -hmm. Russian and it's a long story about why I bought it. And there's a link on the yes. blog. You can read that if you want to. But I doubt that it could fire any of the 123 grain bullets out of that round uh, at 20,000 feet per second. No, certainly and, not. <laughs> well, if it did, the muzzle energy would be on the order of 100,000 foot pounds, which is like eight times the muzzle energy of a 50 caliber machine gun. Which makes and, no sense. <laughs> Well, I can tell you that my AR-15 doesn't kick that hard. No, nor does mine. Just, uh, but now, by the way, if you wanted to do it the other way around, if you took the basic, your prob yours is probably chambered in 5.56 by 45 millimeter. No, mine's two two three. Um, yeah. I've got a two. Um, my little. Uh, I got a. What would Stoner do? And mm -hmm. um, it's five. It's a five pound carbine, and it fires two two three. I but love two, it. Two, but two two three is basically the uh, the round that uh, that the NATO round is derived from, and typically mm -hmm. those cartridges fire a uh, a bullet at about thirty one hundred fifty feet mm -hmm. per second. It's kind of nominal about range. So I went to my gun locker, gun safe, and my ammo <laughs> locker, and I went through there looking for can I come up with something that will fire a bullet at one-fifth that speed, which is like 625 feet per second. And the only combination <laughs> I could come up with was a short-barreled revolver shooting <laughs> 22 shorts. <laughs> or I, or I, could un, I could dangerously underload uh, the powder in like a muzzle-loading rifle I have. I would but, advise uh, against doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you, you can wind up with a, the, uh, if you don't get it just right, you can wind up with a bullet stuck in the bore. So, I mean, and it takes it's, forever it's, to get that Well, the, the, the point is, is that, is that uh, Biden is misleading, is either too stupid to understand what he's talking about or just simply uninterested in the truth. And he's trying to frighten people. <laughs> uh, to think that the AR-15 is some kind of super gun, which it's oh, not. Oh, yeah. And, which and, that, not. and that and that what what makes it uh, uh, what makes it uh, somehow uh, something terrible is mm. is that the bullet is so powerful. But that's not yeah, it right. at all. Uh, what it is, as a matter of fact, it's not even legal for deer hunting here in Maryland because uh, you, you might uh, not kill it, the poor deer. No, it, well, it's it's no, it's not considered powerful enough for a humane shot at a deer. Now, it is legal Correct. in some states, but not here. If mm -hmm. you uh, compare it to the old uh, M1 rifle, mm -hmm. okay, less than half the muzzle energy. Yes, uh, the Heavier M1 bullet, though usually uh, the M1, I believe, had an eight-round clip in it. Am, am, am I correct? Yes, mine, uh, and I can I can testify because I have an M1. Yeah, but the, the main thing is is that the uh, AR-15 is lighter than mm -hmm. the, you know, A and, lot. <laughs> uh, and and it's semi-automatic rather than bolt action. Well, the M1s have semi-automatic. 
No. The M1, yeah, the, my M1 is some, M1s are semi-automatic. It replaces I've the used action both. Springfield. It, it, I've oh, used right, both. right. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, okay. it replaced the, uh, the bold action uh, yeah, Springfield and, from World War One, And it comes standard with a 20-round magazine as opposed to eight. So it's it's lighter and Actually, you 30. get more shots. So but, 30, the standard magazine is now 30 rounds. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Yep. Well, anyways, except in, Maryland where, except in Maryland where we can only have 10-round <sighs> magazines. That's so until the, until, silly. Until that lawsuit gets as, out. As far as they know, okay? That's I'll so put it silly. to you that way. It's, 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 like, it's like, I don't know nothing about no guns. But well, actually, that 10 rounds is all you can get in the magazine for the 7.62 ones anyway. So. Yeah, mm. but, um, but yeah, it's, it's just that uh, the gun operator, okay, is the, is the uh, uh, person you have to worry about. And, and by yes. the way, it's Labor Day weekend. And mm -hmm. the blood on the streets of Chicago and Philadelphia oh. and St. Louis and New Orleans, um, oh. that doesn't have anything to do with the NRA. No. Okay. Not In other a words, thing. it's not Trump voters who are gunning, who are doing drive-bys on the uh, south side of Chicago. A lot of these the, kids are not old enough to vote. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, and so, so his. Um, um, uh, dishonest rhetoric or, you know, fear-mongering rhetoric is, 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 is trying to distract you from the real cause of the violence. Well, if, you know, on the other hand, we were talking about a grift uh, earlier in yeah. the show. And this is essentially just another kind of grift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Speaking of uh, financial, uh, uh, speaking no, speaking of financial uh, grifts, uh, at least you know, we're some, not asking for ten million. No, we're and 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 we are actually providing a service for what we do with what we ask for. <laughs> yeah, Tell them about the uh, yellow button, Stacy. We have reached the shameless capitalism part of the uh, podcast, folks, where I tell you that. If you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column uh, the yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, yen, shekels, just about any currency except Russian rubles um, uh, to help support the blog to help support this podcast, but most of all, uh, to keep my wife happy because she likes it when I make money and it makes her happy when y'all hit the tip jar. And so, um, uh, that is, uh, you know, keeping my wife happy is job number one. By the way, she's out of town. She's gone to visit her mother this weekend. And I'm lonely. No, but meanwhile, Aww. over at my good friend, John Hogue's blog, Hogwash, Com. In the sidebar over on the right, there's an icon of a tip jar. Click on that. Be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash for the podcast. Uh, you can also support the blog by shopping at the Hogwash store. There's a link in the sidebar. Uh, or you can uh, shop at the Amazon links you'll find at Hogwash. By the way, you, there are also Amazon links at other blogs around the internet, including the other McCain. And when you use one of those uh, links... 
the blogger gets a small commission, which is something that Amazon does in support of the blogosphere that we very much appreciate. Oh, one other thing. I do take gold imperial Russian rubles, and you can use the address in the uh, DMCA contact information in the <laughs> menu to send those, or cash, or whatever you would like. Uh, I take checks as well. Regardless of how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar and hit it in, hard. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> now, um, um, Stacy, I'm going to let you roll with the, the other uh, speech oh, the president uh, oh, made this week. Yeah, yeah. He's by the way, he's he's worked like six days out of the last month, but every day <clears throat> has been a fuck up. Well, uh, but you should count, we can count our blessings. The headline was, uh, our divider in chief has done it again. Uh, President <sighs> Joe Biden uh, called on Democrats Thursday, and he was speaking at a fundraiser, I believe, quote, to vote to literally save democracy once again and compared re uh, Republican ideology to semi-fascism. <sighs> Addressing an overthrow crowd at Richard Montgomery High School in Rockville, Maryland. I'm sorry, it was in Rockville, Maryland. Biden said, quote, your right to choose is on the ballot this year. The Social Security you paid for from the time you had a job is on the ballot. The safety of your kids from gun violence is on the ballot. And it's not hyperbole. The very survival of our planet is on the ballot. You have to choose. Will we be a country that moves forward or a country that moves backward? And to which I said, what, you mean backward to the time of lower gas prices, maybe? Um, uh, this was a... Um, uh, Biden raised about $1 million at an event with about 100 donors for the Democratic National Campaign Committee and the Democratic Grassroots Victory Fund in the backyard of a lavish Bethesda uh. home. Uh, yeah, that's the Democratic Grassroots yeah. Bethesda millionaires, but mm. um, Biden on Thursday expanded on his effort to paint Republicans as the ultra-MAGA party, uh, opposing his agenda, blah, 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 quote, what we're seeing now is either the beginning or the death knell of an extreme MAGA philosophy. <sighs> it's not just Trump, it's the entire philosophy that underpins it. I'm going to say something, it's like semi-fascism. I respect conservative Republicans, Biden no, said later. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. And I, as I said, I was semi-fascist before semi-fascism was cool. Well, yeah. yeah on the other hand, yeah. uh, I referred to him as half-fascist. Yeah, uh... Say it fast enough. It always sounds precocious. Yes. You know, it's just, just the way. But on the other hand... You know, you would have thought that if he had seen or his handlers had seen some of the uh, pushback from that speech, that uh, he would not have made the speech on Thursday night. Uh, Ed, do you know how long that took to set up that disaster? 
Uh, it was a terrible uh, thing, and yes, it took a lot of uh, preparation. Uh, anyway, I watched the speech live. That's something I very rarely do with Biden. Uh, mm, and while really? the speech was rolling, uh, I commented on my blog, his lips are moving. Mm. <laughs> and then later, while he was still speaking, uh, I uh, clipped uh, something out of uh, the feed that uh, was up from uh, Fox and basically uh, asked the question, this was while the speech was still going on, uh, is it proper f for those Marines to be part of the backdrop uh, for a purely <sighs> political speech? And, uh, you know, the answer, by the way, is no. Uh, if the official Marine Absolutely Corps... Absolutely not. The official Marine Corps guidance, and I can cite chapter and verse for you, and you mm -hmm. can look at the blog to see it. Mm -hmm. Marine units may not provide limited logistical support for campaign events. Yeah, that that is color uh, guard in uniform, musicians in mm -hmm. uh, uniform singing the uh, national anthem, etc. Mm -hmm. And we had those Marines, and apparently uh, part of the Marine band playing "Hail to the Chief." So. Um, now, of course, those regulations are, are under the authority of the commander-in-chief, but um, oh. still, um, I'm not sure that it would have been legal under the, what was that was done there was legal under the Uniform Code of Military Justice either. But I don't, I don't know um, how. I showed this picture, I showed the picture of how their stance to, uh, to somebody, and he pointed out that this is the funeral stance, one of the three funeral stances. Ouch. Yeah, it is not part of the uh, the the, uh, the normal uh, drill drill and ceremonies uh, that you would find in the landing party manual. No, it is in fact a position that Marines take at funerals. And I'm wondering if that was those two Marines' response to the whole situation. For all I know, it was. Yeah, it, no, because when when he when he went by, they uh, they came to attention. And saluted as they are as they are properly called upon to do with the commander but, but then, in chief. But, the, but they didn't. They didn't. Uh, then they didn't return to parade rest. Uh, they, or as you said, they they took that uh, position. So that's an interesting little bit of uh, of uh, something. That is that, a form of parade rest. You'll note their feet are uh, shoulder width yes. apart. Yes, but it, but it is not parade <laughs> rest. No, uh, not exactly. Uh, uh, not exactly. Uh, uh, so anyway, th that, you know, that was my take <laughs> during the speech itself. And of course, we had plenty of fallout afterward, didn't we, Stacey? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wrote about uh, some of the reaction. But, the, but as many observers remarked, Biden essentially declared war. Mm -hmm. On the 74 million Americans who <clears throat> voted for Donald Trump in 2020, declaring them a clear and present danger and a threat to the country. 13 times he used MAGA mm -hmm. to define these enemies. And I, if you will go to my uh, blog, you can uh, read the whole thing because I got every. Uh, a quote, but I, I compared it to the rhetoric of, of um, Stalinism, where mm -hmm. uh, enemies, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the enemies of the regime were called kulaks, wreckers, saboteurs, and Trotskyists. That that this mm -hmm. 
rhetorical demonization. Um, and, and I said that it's clearly more than an attempt to excite his party's base for the November midterms. Uh, I quoted Bonchi at Red State. Uh, it mm. sure feels like Biden wants to provoke some kind of violent response. And William Jacobson uh, saw the same thing, quote, understand that Joe Biden is trying to provoke conflict. He wants it. His handlers want it. They launched mm. this campaign about a month ago. And I quoted Sun Tzu, you know, mm. uh, saying that uh, when when the enemy try, is trying to provoke a battle, um, he, he's, he's trying to get you to advance, okay? That, so that what yeah. they're <clears throat> want, wanting to do is for some right-wing nut job to do something violent. Uh, and then mm -hmm. they can say, see, we told you those people were dangerous. Yeah, on the other hand, mm -hmm. the, uh, the speech itself would, would have been dumb in any venue. Yeah. But where they did it, how they staged it, uh, there have been more memes done off of that cell phone photo that uh, mm. that uh, that appeared, um, including one that I did, where, mm. uh, you know, everybody has been going on a Nazi thing about this. And it it looks like, yes, it looks like, uh, you know, it looks like Stalin and Hitler had a baby. Well, it, but it, yeah, but in terms of the staging and everything, it looks like the sort of thing that if she had had the technology, uh, 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 Riefenstahl would have uh, done. Lo to, try, try to, I don't uh, think yeah. so. Lonnie Riefenstahl had a really good eye. I think she would have seen this as being quite. Well, she, uh, she, I think she, I think she, I think she would have fired the camera operator. If you you pull back and look at the entire scene. It, mm. it, 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 but the point is, is that this didn't look like look, this didn't sound to me like Hitler. Uh, mm. I mean, and so when I did my meme about it, uh, I, uh, I, it, it says uh, basically tutto nello sato niente al di fuori dello stato. Come on, roll those R's, John. Nulla contro lo stato. In other words. Nothing, nothing outside the state, everything within the state, nothing against the state. state. That's the motto of the fascist party, by the way. By Mussolini. And, <laughs> yes. But, uh, and uh, yes, and, and it usually, uh, actually, I, I'm sure he said it many times, but usually uh, when you see it uh, in a book quotes, it's uh, him quoting it, but it's actually the party's motto. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it, it you really... You know, talk. It, that was not half fascist. That was pure fascism. That was pure fascism. Yes, and uh, um, I'm sorry. I do not like having war declared against my innocent me. I don't like this. Yeah, but you've got enough sense uh, to keep your powder dry and wait Very. for someone. Yes, uh, and uh, but they are trying to bait some poor fool. Uh, they, but, you know, this, there, how many poor fools are there in a, a population of 330 million? Come on. January 6th, people, uh, people, I had friends. Yeah, but saying, they arrested a lot of them. Well, but, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but no, but what I'm saying is I had friends talking hmm. about, you know, going to the Capitol on January 6th. And I did everything I could to talk them out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, not, I'm, 
I wasn't particularly worried about people going to the ellipse. But mm. I was, don't go to the Capitol. It's a setup. And yep. I, was, I was right. That stunk. Yeah, but you were talking about the declaration of war. Mm. Actually, that really happened not so much in the Thursday speech, but the earlier speech I was talking about, you know, uh, five times as fast as any other bullet. Um, mm. And I did a post, no, Joe, they won't need F-16s. Nope. Uh, he was, he was uh, threatening to use the regular forces of the U.S. military against citizens who might actively resist one or more of his unconstitutional or illegal acts. Uh, and, you know, uh, he called for a federal ban on assault weapons, that's in scare quotes, even after the uh, Supreme Court had sent the Maryland assault weapons uh, ban back uh, uh, and reversed uh, upholding uh, the upholding of it by the Fourth Circuit. So ba basically, mm -hmm. the Supreme Court's on record if you can't have an assault weapons ban. So, mm -hmm. but, you know, so he's saying, let's have an un something that's unconstitutional. Uh, you know, you can't go out, he said, you can't go out and buy an automatic weapon. You can't go out and buy a cannon. Uh, and for all those brave right-wing Americans who say that they're keeping America independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something. You know what you really need is not to tighten a, a bolt all the way. Well, yeah, but the point is, is that they're, you know, he was lying in, in, in that statement. Mm -hmm. You can buy a, a machine gun. <laughs> there are about a, there are over 150,000 of them that are in the registry and available to uh, be bought. You've got to pass a background check and you have to buy a $250, uh, two, I'm sorry, $200 tax stamp, but you can buy a machine gun. And guess mm -hmm. what? Cannons are destructive devices, and the paperwork is, the process is essentially the same for those. You can buy it. I mean, there are guys who actually uh, buy cannons and, and, and go out and shoot them on the weekends. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about having mm -hmm. more dollars than cents. But, you know, there are people who do it. Oh, come on. They're um, fun. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, on the other hand, as much as I liked flipping the fun switch to, uh, to auto uh, when I was in the Army, uh, sometimes uh, I can't afford to buy all the ammo these days. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, if I recall correctly, the last time a group of veterans uh, took up arms against a government, it was a local government. If you want to mm -hmm. read about uh, the Battle of Athens, Athens in 1946 in Athens, Tennessee, uh, you can uh, Google that or, uh, or in my case, duck, duck, go it on the interwebs and you can mm -hmm. find out about it. And, you know, Biden really, or one of his handlers maybe, needs to stop and think mm -hmm. about how a ragtag group of peasants with small arms dealt with the Russian and American armies in Afghanistan over the last four oh, yeah. years. Um, and, uh, well, the current situation in Ukraine also testifies to, um, uh, you know, the difficulty of uh, suppressing a um, an insurgency, yeah, a determined and opposition. a determined resistance, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's a matter of uh, people deciding what they're going to do and taking a choice. And I I pick that as the lead into the the 
the next post that you did that I wanted us to talk about, and because I, 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 I labeled that on the script here, A Time for Choosing, after the speech that Ronald Reagan made in 1964 on TV mm. for the uh, Goldwater campaign. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, the headline of my post earlier this week was, What Time Is It? Not long ago, mm-hmm. I mentioned how Ace of Spades, if you're not reading Ace of Spades, what's wrong with you, okay? But uh, <laughs> for a while, he has been referring to certain Republicans as believing it's still 2003, okay? Yeah. Uh, they, they're stuck in the obsolete politics of Bushism, Okay, Mm. Ace makes the same point in referring to those who know what time it is, i.e. those who are fully conscious of the current political reality. And I brought that up because Politico published an interview with a uh, history professor named Nicole Himmer, Mm -hmm. who's got a book out about the conservative movement and and by mm-hmm. the way nicole himmer is a it is a left winger uh that hates us all but that that's not the point she she makes the point that she and i'm quoting from an interview she gave mm-hmm. one of the biggest factors contributing to the fra- fragility of reaganism was the end of the cold war I think in some ways we've forgotten how much Reagan was a Cold War president and that the conditions of the Cold War shaped his rhetoric, shaped the policies that he preferred and really were necessary for the kind of conservatism that he championed. And I, and, and, and I said, I think most conservatives haven't thought, thought about this a while. Um, Nothing mattered to Reagan more than defeating communism, Mm -hmm. uh, which had been the focus of his politics ever since the late 1940s, when, as president of the Screen Actors Guild, he found himself targeted by the communists who had taken over other film industry unions. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Lloyd Billingsley wrote a great book uh, about this uh, period of, of the, the attempted communist takeover of Hollywood in the 1940s. And it, 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 you've just really got to know that um, Reagan, I mean, it was a real battle out there. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Literally, it was, mm-hmm. it was war. You know, the, the communists were, were on, on the march. But yes, uh, as president... As president, Reagan was willing to compromise on domestic policy if it helped him increase his ability to confront the Soviets, okay? So Cold War anti-communism was the glue that held the Reagan coalition together, and without the existential threat of an aggressive nuclear-armed Soviet Union, the conservative movement lost focus after 1990. Mm. A lot of the Cold War hawks just weren't down for the fight over domestic issues that came to the forefront of politics in the 1990s. For them, that is the Cold War policy hawks, foreign policy hawks, for them, the 911 attacks were a godsend putting international geopolitics back at the center of public policy. And this is where we come to people Mm -hmm. like Liz Cheney, right? Okay. 
that they always want to lead this foreign crusade against an existential threat, okay? They, they love this idea of war as uniting the people, and they, they don't want to get their hands dirty with domestic politics. Well, I mean, and, and, and what they mm. don't also understand is uh, this uh, expression that goes back to the late 19th century that it unders- underlies progressivism uh, it, it both is Republican and Democratic, uh, 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 Democrat uh, 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 forms. You, you you have this idea of the moral equivalent of war. Yeah, and Which they don't. There is no such thing. <laughs> yes, but you have people then conducting mm. a moral equivalent of war and engaging in what amounts to warlike behavior over things that really are domestic politics and there has been really since the now I'm going to say the Wilson administration mm-hmm. a domestic cold war, a domestic cold war uh, and uh, <sighs> what we were just talking about is you know one side trying to heat it up a bit I yeah. wish they wouldn't the um, but uh, I she actually mentions a, an, an old acquaintance of mine, Sam mm. Francis, uh, who died in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she mentioned him as, as uh, seeing the medical, middle American radicals as, mm. as the um, basis for a populist uh, conservative movement. But, uh, but, 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 you know, we, we need to choose which side we're on. Right. And, and this, this uh, basically struggle for the for the moral soul of the company co- country, you know. And are we going to uh, let the are we going to let the wokies win? <laughs> no, that would be a bad idea. Uh, I I had a post this week called "Have we reached peak woke yet?" Uh, <laughs> and uh, and this was obviously a favorite of John's. Uh, she has a nice smile. <laughs> uh, it's Jeez. illustrated with a photograph of the uh, 24-year-old actress Sydney Sweeney, uh, who uh, is best known mm. for the HBO series Euphoria. And uh, I, I would say Sydney Sweeney is a young actress with enormous talent okay she has a very <laughs> sweet smile granted yeah. her teeth have been whitened within an inch of their lives but of course well anyway she probably also photoshopped it but uh, <laughs> uh in anyways uh, uh uh she has uh, spectacular talent uh, uh they're mm-hmm. real and they're spectacular i'll put it to mm-hmm. you that way uh she was actually right- it reminds me of a line from monty python oh okay <sighs> Uh, How about Sweeney? we go with uh, uh, with uh, Montoya, the woman um, Inez Montoya, real and spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Miss Sweeney was raised in rural Idaho in a religious family, and when her mother recently celebrated her 60th birthday, the party had a hoedown theme with guest dressing and cowboy garb. But some fans who also follow Miss Sweeney's brother Instagram Brothers account. Instagram. Right, right. Notice that A, 
Miss Sweeney's father was wearing a pro-police blue line uh, flag T-shirt, and B, mm-hmm. uh, some guests were wearing red MAGA-style hats. The hats actually said, make 60 great again, an obvious reference to her mother's birthday. But what ensued was a big social media firestorm with left-wing political activists endeavoring to cancel Miss Sweeney because of her family's apparent Republican sympathies. And I'm like, this is where we've gotten to. Mm-hmm. That, that these people, we're expected to be outraged that white people in Idaho are voting Republican. And, and if you, you can look it up, you would have to cancel two-thirds of the population of Idaho. That's yeah. a, that's a, I mean, the Trump vote there was very big. Um, mm-hmm. Wyoming actually had a, a, a bigger majority, but there, there are not many states that are more Republican than Idaho. West Virginia, mm-hmm. I think, is it. Yeah. yeah. And I mm-hmm. said, is it really so shocking that people who live in rural America generally have beliefs and attitudes that don't match the preferences of urbanites. Well, that's because they live in places where if you don't uh, stick with the real world, the real world would get you in a hurry. Oh, yeah. Yes. On the other hand, um, you know. But, but wait, wait, wait. I want Stacy to say the last line of the article. Oh, oh, oh. I, Please. I, I, uh, wait, uh, you read I enjoyed it. it. You read it. I'm sorry, I already closed the um, page. Okay, uh, please forget about politics long enough to focus on Sydney Sweeney's enormous talent. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love that. That was yeah. really cute. Yeah, it, yes. enormous talent. But I mean, it, but the way that this progressive <laughs> wokeism has permeated things, I'm so old that I remember reading Time magazine and uh, <laughs> noting that they did an excellent job uh, with of the writing, particularly they, uh, they uh, were, you know, you didn't find a bunch of misspelled words and that sort of stuff in time. And so I, 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 I'm scrolling through uh, Twitter and I find a thing from Time about a genderqueer author and it talks about ear work and ear writing and a, uh, uh, making a current, uh, <sighs> and I basically I, I had I had to uh, basically uh, uh, comment uh, this way on my blog. The tweet appears to have been written in English. If so, the wrong words have been used for third-person pronouns. Of course, Times current ungoodthinkful-wise, uh, uh, ungood conclusion. Thinkful, yeah, thinkful, ungoodthinkful. Uh, uh, confusion about pronouns will be resolved when the uh, company finally uh, makes the full transition to newspeak. And then there's a quote there about how one mm-hmm. of the things that did survive between old speak and newspeak, uh, it, the uh, appendix to 1984, were the pronouns, except for <laughs> whom, because that was, uh, they didn't they decide we didn't need whom. But, you know, even, even in newspeak, they didn't screw what? that up. What? So subject and object are got rid of, okay, <laughs> but who yes. whom is is a basic and never mind. Um, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, anyway, 
the um, given uh, the other stuff that's been going on on the uh, interwebs. Um, uh, I don't oh, know. Oh 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 God! Yes. Would you? Did you? Uh, did you uh, are you as disappointed with the uh, the? I I can't prequel? I can't do it I can't do it. Um, it's not Tolkien. Um, the thing is that um, I I I freely confess that right this instant I'm going. I my book club is doing the Silmarillion. And um, we're doing it very slowly. We're doing it essentially about two chapters a time. That's and, kind of fast, isn't it? Uh, well, There's yeah, a, it mean, is. It's pretty. It's pretty dense writing. It's incredibly dense, and it's incredibly beautiful. And what they're the thing is, um, my brother's quest for for Galadriel, and I'm like, uh, which how many? She's got four brothers. I mean, she's Finarfin's daughter. She's the grand. Uh, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm doing it again. But yeah. it's like, and they have her doing diving off the ship and swimming back across the ocean. And I said, oh my god, she's doing an Amroth without context. And yeah. um, you know, it, and it, people are. Oh god, it's. I, I'm ready to. I'm ready to scream. Another thing, and I really have to say this. I am perfectly fine with um, at the actors being chosen to play elves, dwarves, whoever, um, being quote-unquote persons of color. I'm an opera fan. If I were worried about um, how a person looked who's singing a role, I would be in a lot of trouble. Um, so I don't care about that. But what I care about is that it became very, very clear that they're not just from the trailers and teasers that these are not just, they didn't just pick the best actor. They actually are twisting Tolkien to stick with these messages of their own. And Oh my God, Elrond's supposed to be gay. What are you thinking? Yeah, that doesn't work at all. Any and, and he's supposed to be a young, a contemporary of, um, of Galadriel's, he marries Galadriel's daughter. Yeah. This is driving me nuts. Calabrian. Well, um, and, uh, and where's Celeborn? Hello? I, I, my head hurts. Don't get me well, started. I'm, well, I'm well, just going well, mad. You, by the way, we're discussing uh, the uh, Amazon Lord of the Lord Ring. Of the ring. The Lord of the of Rings. Power, the Rings, Rings of Power. Of power. Uh, and uh, I've decided that I'm really going to give it a pass uh, uh, I'm going to reread Board of the Rings, which was the Harvard <laughs> thing that came out a little over 50 years ago, which is still in print and is massively funny. It is. Uh, it, well, it doesn't appeal to my sense of humor, but it has moments. <laughs> it is very good. Meanwhile, one more thing about wokeness. Um, and this is a post I did about statistics versus natural selection. Uh, there's a, a blog or a website called Statistica, and they have a chart up about the percentages of people in uh, in the U.S. who identify as LGBT, uh, and they plot it generation by generation, and it it's increasing as time goes along, and the sexual practices of at least the LG part of that group is. Are, 
sterile. I mean, it won't result in a baby being conceived. So if the LG people are really born that way, uh, then it's likely the result of something that's got to be a recessive gene and isn't going to be passed along by at least their LG behaviors. Uh, so where is this increased identification coming from? And, you know, it is a puzzlement. I, I don't uh, understand. Yeah, they, they, the people who, who are just fanatical about uh, believing in uh, creationism don't act uh. like it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, fanatical about believing in Darwinism, I should say, because if you were if you were really believing in the survival of the fittest and considered yourself fit, okay, then you would You'd have to be wanting to reproduce. Yes, right, right, right. Uh, you know, but uh, for some reason they don't uh, they don't buy into that. Well, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. but I mean, this just look. There's all sorts of perverse behavior. Some of it mm. is stuff that can uh, wind up uh, impregnating a young woman. Uh, and uh, this this whole thing, you know, I guess it's like if we can't kill them in the uh, we'll, uh, in the room, we'll groom them later. Yeah, mm. yeah. I had a a, a post yesterday. Uh, this was something that uh, this was based on a headline that my brother. Uh, mm. pointed out to me a coven of sexual predators multiple cheerleading coaches in south carolina including a coach who recently killed himself sexually abused at least six boys and girls and provided them with drugs and alcohol a federal lawsuit alleges um <clears throat> A coven of sexual predators surrounded rock star cheer of Greenville for more than a decade, mm -hmm. uh, according to one of the lawyers. Attorney Bakari Sellers uh, contends that what happened is a result of the same kind of institutional failure seen in the case of Larry Nasser, mm -hmm. uh, the former um, doctor for the USA Gymnastics. Um, the lawsuit was filed Thursday by four girls and two boys who said they were abused by Scott Foster and others affiliated with rock star gyms. Mm -hmm. The lawsuit suggests there could be up to 100 more survivors of the abuse. Quote, Scott Foster and his allies did their best to intimidate and isolate their targets, making these young people feel alone and somehow responsible. Uh, and they suggested that uh, his suicide on August 22nd was because he knew that the light was going to be shined on uh, what what uh, she calls a coven of sexual uh, predators. Uh, Again, this is a civil suit, by the way, which is an quote, issue. We have video of Scott Foster mm -hmm. on Snapchat with beer mm -hmm. bongs drinking with his underage cheerleaders. And mm -hmm. uh, about all I could say about it was, well, at least they weren't Catholic priests. Yeah, well, that's and, a... <laughs> at on least. The other hand, on the other hand, you know, there's, there's perversion and that sort of stuff. But then again, we have just plain crazy South. Yes, and, and yeah, crazy people are dangerous. Uh, Ethan Miller, 20, of Bend, Oregon, 
died of a self-inflicted gunshot after shooting up a Safeway supermarket on Sunday. He shot four people, two of whom died, after posting a 56-page manifesto online. Uh, Miller ranted about the government, COVID lockdowns, technology, and women, and said in the rambling, oddly punctuated screed that he had an insatiable compulsion to kill. It sounds like uh, Alice's Restaurant. But anyway, uh, I can't wait to just send a bullet into someone's brain, Miller wrote in the first entry. This is going to be the bloodiest and most gruesome massacre in the history of massacres. I want blood, guts, brain matter, pieces of skull and flesh to paint the walls and floors. Then, yep, that scent definitely needs a, a trip to the Group W bench. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, anyways, uh, he failed, by the way. In um, Yeah, uh, he did, uh, but yeah, not he failed, failed enough. Time. Yeah, uh, the cops sh- were on the scene within seconds of mm-hmm. the um, of the thing, and uh, as soon as the cops showed up, uh, he uh, blew his brains out. But he must have been a good shot. Yeah, his uh, former um, uh, school classmate said that, "Yeah, this is just the guy we would have expected to do this," so nobody was really surprised uh, that Ethan Miller uh, got the loser of the week but once again it goes to show you that crazy people are dangerous and dangerous yes and I now hear the boogie woogie piano in the background which tells us that we are nearing the end of uh, the other podcasts for this week. We will be back next week at the usual time, 7 o'clock on Saturday night. We'll see you then, Stacey. Good night, Diana. Good night. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Mr. Briggs.